last time on Almost Heroes. We open with our heroes flying north over the quiet lands to find the Revivifists. Uh, during the flight, Rangram is woken shortly after going to bed, very rudely, we'd like to add, so he can guide the donkeys through this increasingly aggressive storm downwards to hopefully gain some better vision of their current trajectory. After deciding to wing it, Rangram brings the cart down onto this icy outcropping in an open tundra as the, blizz the blizzard continues to rage around us. And landing, and uh, after landing, the group decides to investigate these orange flashes of heat that keep going off in the distance. Glenn sends out his faithful Poe to investigate to see what these bursts of heat and light might be. As Poe discovers a flame geyser of sorts, uh, he instantly gets smoked, ending Glenn's feathery friend. As we begin to hear some strange distant noises from the icy outcropping, we see what appears to be a frost giant of the undead type pulling themselves from the ice and snow. After rolling for initiative, Bryn holds his action in a menacingly warforged posture. Ringroom takes a step further, accidentally seeing another frost giant, and then an additional form pulling itself from the snow. Ringroom casts Blast on the entire party. Glynn gets into the fight by casting Hypnotic Pattern. Ringroom immediately gets ravaged by a wolfen monstrosity. Cosmo, using his infamous smite tactics, removes the wolf's head from his body. Cosmo gets attacked by the frost giant with the large ice claws, but is able to stave off most of the after effects. Um, Bryn, after holding his action for this entire time, sends his uh, Zweihander sword at one of the giants, dealing a solid blow to the giant. Uh, Rangrim then attempts to run through one of the giant's legs, taking several attacks of opportunity, but luckily saves from the additional effects. Uh, Rangrim drops a high-level wall of fire surrounding himself, dealing damage to many of the foes surrounding him. Glynn takes his scimitar, using his cunning and mage hand, pulls one of the wolf's tails, and gives himself advantage and uses his green flame blade to kill it while sending some of the flame to the other foes. Rangrim sends a guiding bolt towards one of the giants, piercing it through its eyes and sending it back to whatever hell it came from. Glynn again using his green flame Green, green flame blade to attack the other frost giant sets his beard ablaze with the green flame. Cosmo goes for the smash and jumps and grabs the flaming frost giant's beard, swings up, caves his face in, and as it falls, picks his knees out from under him and on his way down, smashes his head into bits. As the battle finishes, we all see the bodies fade into a dark powder we all know as Necrocane. We see a large figure come into focus. As it moves towards us, we see a large mammoth with a huge tent upon its back. And a friendly face sticks its head out to greet us and says, Hello, my name is Sajukor. How can I be of assistance? Thank you very much, Dan. That brings us to episode 108, Overdue Introductions. So when we last left our Almost Heroes, the three of you had been waylaid on your journey north by a blizzard, and after defeating some undead giants, find yourself approached by a mysterious Fearbulg riding atop a massive mammoth. Uh, so the figure, you know, removes their hood, uh, revealing blue skin and a wild mane of red hair and beard. Looks like you all have found yourselves in a bit of a bother. 
Are you in need of assistance? And now it's just Mate. looking awkwardly. I mean, no offense. You, you, you're kind of light, bro. Um, I'm, I'm so sorry to hear that. I got here as quickly as I could. And he kind of pats the uh, the mammoth and goes, old She-Ra here just, uh, she doesn't move as quickly as she used to. I don't think I've ever uh, seen a She-Ra before. What, what is that? Oh, just the most trusty mammoth in all the North. <laughs> Uh, Glenn's gonna like walk towards how, how far away are we from? Uh, maybe 10, 20 feet. Glenn's gonna like walk towards Shira and put a hand out and see if she just rips his arm off, I guess. Uh, roll for animal handling. Shit. 14 plus probably nothing. Plus nothing. 14. <laughs> um, I think that uh, I think she puts her uh, her trunk out towards you and kind of uh, presses it up against your hand. Um, it's, Shira may have a little bit of a cold, um, and so you get a little bit of, uh, kind of mucusy, uh, you know, snot that's, uh, now covering your hand. Uh, she's adorable. Just kind of wipes it off on his, uh, I guess coat. I guess we actually don't have coats, so just silk robe. <laughs> incredible, just, you all guys are all Freezing incredibly cold. cold. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Sajukor, was it, uh... Any chance you have some pelts on that thing we might be able to wrap ourselves up in? Or more importantly, our donkeys, they don't freeze? Oh, of course I do. I always come prepared whenever I happen to come across some wayward travelers. Uh, and he's kind of like starts pulling um, pulling some uh, some different kinds of furs. And uh, yeah, they're not really like um, formed in any kind of like, they seem like almost cloaks. Like they're, they're different kind of... Uh, you know, cured pelts off of different animals, it seems like, you know, some of gray, some brown, um, and he kind of starts pulling them out and uh, just kind of uh, tossing them down to you in, bu in bundles, and I think he throws you about five um, out of one of these side pouches, uh, and as he's kind of uh, handing these off, um, so I don't mean to be a bother or to pry, but mind uh, me asking, uh, where are y'all headed? Lynn looks to Cosmo as he's like putting the pelts on top of the the donkeys. Um, where where are we headed? We're uh, we're what was that name of that town? Uh, I, I think if you wanted to be honest, I have the answer. But uh, if you're trying to lie, uh, I don't remember the name either. I believe uh, it was uh, Goshir Pass. Yeah, uh, sure, that sounds right. Oh, Goshir, yeah, that's um, that's probably the biggest town you're gonna find out in these parts. Uh, I'm actually, uh, it just so happens I'm making my way over there myself. I find myself uh, delivering supplies from Goshir to some of the smaller villages in the Frostfire Plains. If uh, I don't, I don't mean to brag, but it would be a decent amount safer to, if you're not familiar with traversing the Frostfire, and especially with this blizzard that's currently underway, uh, I would be happy to guide you all there to make sure you make it safely. Uh, I think we would love to have a guide. We generally can 
find our way around locations pretty easily, but I think for the time being, we're a little bit out of our element. I've seen one or two many, uh, uh, just say, inexperienced travelers that have uh, stepped on a, uh, well, a, uh, these geysers like to make themselves known at the, let's just say, least convenient times for some folk. And you see like one of these, just like geysers that just shoots straight out of what looks like just icy snow on the ground, um, maybe 10, 15 feet to your right. It just bursts out of the ground. And then as soon as that geyser goes back down is like quickly covered by the, the, uh, the downpour from the blizzard. Is there any uh, rhyme or reason to those? Is there like a, an indicator those are coming or is it pretty damn random? Oh, oh, there are. And he kind of like, um, he kind of like taps his nose and he goes, uh, for those of the, um, uh, if you have enough experience with them, you can usually smell the sulfur in the different areas before wandering into them. But it, uh, it takes some practice and, there are many with a keen enough sense. Oh, so we can like smell them. Oh yeah, it smells like uh, it smells like fire and brimstone. It smells like a like a demon's just wandered across your path. But uh, like I said, it's, it takes a real keen sense to smell it in the uh, you know <laughs> the upcoming uh, minutes before they. They like to make their uh, presence known. These geysers. Well, I mean, I'll I'll take your I'll take your nose for it, but mine ain't too bad either. It's, I imagine him and Glenn are still putting like the blankets on the donkeys, and Ringham's relighting the forge in the back of the cart to just create other heat because there's still those billows going, so they can just chuck stuff in it. You mentioned Sudukor, you, you trade with the other uh, towns. What what kind of dealings do you, I guess, what kind of wares do you normally ship around? What what goes for an economy out this way? Oh, mostly supplies. There aren't many that like to traverse the Frostfire Plains, as, you, as I've kind of <laughs> given you reasons for why. I kind of travel around. The, uh, the folks that inhabit Goshir, they, they've been kind with providing uh, affordable supplies for all these smaller villages that you know when there is weather as inclement weather as this they aren't really as able to get out and uh, some of them might starve without some of the uh, supplies that are provided by the Ravivifists. So you're you're familiar with the Ravivifists then? Oh yeah fine folk those they, uh, yeah, they're stirring up a bit of trouble from time to time, but I've never had any kind of trouble with them. They've uh, always been mighty kind to me and old She-Ra. And kind of like slaps the side of the, uh, uh, slaps the side of the mammoth. Gives a little trumpet. What does that uh, sound like? Good question, Dan. <laughs> That's about as good as I can do. That's it. Pretty good. Love it. Love, love it, actually. Uh, you can tell that she has like a Spanish descent somewhere. Absolutely, she yeah. Rolled, she yeah. Asses. <laughs> yeah. Was it? Was it? Was it? Did it come out? Which end did that come out of? You don't really know for sure. 
you, that, that's just, uh, you have to, you know, kind of follow your heart there or your nose. <laughs> and specify which trumpet. Yeah. Everybody <laughs> knows those Spanish mammoths. <laughs> Can we? Uh, do we, uh, by any chance, do you know someone named Nybard with the Revivifists? We actually have a connection. I think we're meant to actually catch up with them in Goshi. I'm not sure that's a, a name you've come across. Oh, uh, I, everyone everyone in the North is familiar with old Nybar. He's, uh, he's not the quietest. Uh, um, he likes to make himself uh, known. And uh, I mean, can't find nicer folk, like I said, but every uh, about every time that I've, I've made my way to Goshir, which is pretty regularly, uh, I feel like I've been serenaded by a, a song or two by, uh, by old Nybar. You ever uh, sing any songs about two dwarves and an elf saving his ass from the back of a cart? Uh, I don't. I don't have much of an ear for uh, for the uh, for the story and song, but I think I might have heard uh, a tale or two. I he sings so many songs. I just it's hard to keep them all straight. I can say with utmost confidence, I am very greatly looking forward to one of his performances when we do see him so that should be a lot of fun for everybody involved oh yes i can't wait to see it i've been i've been i've been on the edge of, edge of my cart while we were on our way here just waiting to hear it anticipation well ghost sheer is quite a sight to behold i i think it uh <laughs> the the spectacle alone will take y'all's breath away so uh, if that doesn't do it, then I'm sure Nybarg's uh, <laughs> uh, infamous, uh, you know, spectacles will do so. How how far are we from Goshir from here? Oh, not too far, <laughs> actually. Uh, Bobby, could you uh, be so kind as to bring up the map for me? Yeah. Oh, not too far from the guy who like walks through snow blinds. In, on a mammoth like yeah. he has no perspective of distance he's just right. going we're just um, walking it's one storm away <laughs> oh we're about oh yeah you guys aren't that far it's not too bad so 20 um, oh we're we're about a day's ride away from there should be it's going to be a little slower going with this uh this weather but we should be able to make it there by uh within the next 24 hours or so where where did we land 18? So you are, yeah. So nineteen is where you have. So nineteen is where the blockade, the imperial blockade, is at uh, location nineteen, right? Uh, which I believe is Winter Haven. Um, you you went to the to the west uh, to get away, uh, essentially to not oh, pass right. over the Ebon Ridge. Um, you kind of went to the west, um, just around uh, Winter Haven, as to not like pass over the uh, the imperial army mm-hmm. um, and. While doing so, you essentially kind of crash landed in the Frostfire Plains. Uh, so you will need to make your way kind of uh, north and uh, north into the east. Um, okay. Like I said, about a day's ride. And I mean, it would probably be much faster than that if you were flying, but you know, on the ground, uh, dragging a cart and uh, you know, following a mammoth who has already canonically not the fastest creature ever. Um, I think that uh, you're going to have to kind of uh, it's going to take a little longer. That's fair. He's gonna like as he's finishing up putting the the blankets on the donkeys with Rangram. He's gonna look over to Rangram like, oh, I bet that mammoth could do with some nice new shoes. Might be able to increase 
the travel time, or I guess re reduce the travel time for uh, our friend Sajukor here. Yeah, I mean, I only made it at one time in the, in the Dust Forge, but, you know, I think I could make him again. Hey, Not hey. a bad idea. Oh, we got to make sure he doesn't he doesn't actually want to kill us because you know a lot yeah. of times when we meet these people it's not that I don't want to make his mammoth fly and it's gonna imagine seeing that following us. Yeah, it's a good point. I mean, Poe pooped in uh, Cosmo's eye. I can't imagine what a mammoth would do from a hundred feet up. Oh, that would be awful! Awful. <laughs> Uh, well, uh, Jukor, I mean, lead the way, uh, Rangrim, you want to take first crack of the rain? It's going to be a few days. I can happily get some food started in the back of the cart. And oh yeah, yeah, we, we got that. We got to follow it up back there. I'll take the girls. Uh, question when the, the frost giants dissolved, did their weapons dissolve? No, so uh, there was uh, there was one um, one basically giant great axe uh, that was remaining. Um, so if that's something that you want to grab, I will say though it's about the size of your cart. So it's it's a it's a big boy, um, but it is. Uh, I mean, it is. Uh, it, it seems to be gleaming with. Um, you can see that like it is not rusted. It is uh, and seems to have like um, you know it probably is not made of just like you know iron. Probably made up some sort of uh, higher quality metal than that. Rangram, you want to? Uh, uh, we're ta we're, we're taking that. Like Rangram's already strapping it to the cart. Thanks Just to, stuck uh, on top of it. Uh, wonderful me, uh, question there. Roll me, uh, roll me uh, a strength. Uh, roll, just roll me a strength check. Gotcha. Uh, Nineteen plus a bunch. Three. Three. Uh, Twenty-two. Through sheer determination alone to like make sure that you are able to bring this uh, potentially potent metal with you, uh, you see Rangrim just like hoist this thing over his head, much like an ant carrying a crumb uh, away, <laughs> uh, much too large for him. Kind of hoists it up onto. Uh, you probably feel like, you know, like you probably like you're gonna be feeling that in your lower back for some time, <laughs> but uh, you might have compressed a disc or two. But you know what? It's worth it to get this thing up on top of the cart. Um, and now I think that you're just essentially this oversized axe is essentially sticking off both sides of the top of the cart. Um, but as you load this thing up, uh, you see Sajukor throw down a, a thick hemp and a rope um, off the back of the mammoth and goes, uh, if you want to make it a little easier on your, uh, on your, uh, well, your donkeys there, uh, this might make it, uh, I can actually kind of pull you along a little bit and make it a bit easier on them. And it basically, if you attach to uh, the mammoth, uh, it will uh, make your movement speed a little faster. And also, it won't be as uh, hard on, uh, well, uh, Shimpag and Kalogne. It's still nighttime, right? It is. So technically, they are walking on top of the snow. They're, yeah, I was going to say, we can just get yeah. them Let's exploding. Go. Like, They're like, like, weirdly, like elves. Like, I'm not thinking in, like, um, like, They're know, like, like Legolas. Like, like the donkey Jesus eye they are. So Part Jesus eye. Uh, but yeah, Ringroom's going to absolutely take that rope. And I feel like in the middle of where, I don't know how carriages actually work. Maybe there's a trailer hitch type spot and you just yeah, does that on. So like she's taking a little bit of the brunt of the uh, weight there. You're from Boston. This These are your people. 
like horse horse drawn carriages. That's I'll, your that's your history. I was gonna say that's still how everyone travels there. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, right. right. Isn't that yeah. just like everyone? It's all dude, the you think I can afford two horses, dude? <laughs> Mage hand. Mage hand. Uh, yeah, Glenn's gonna hop in the back and open some of those well seasoned beans with some some yes. nos dogs, chop it up, and start making some some dishes. Um, yeah, I think uh, I think Bryn joins you uh, joins you in the back of the cart. Um, who's just been kind of sitting idly by oh, while you uh, all had this uh, this this uh, this conversation, not feeling like he has much to uh, to essentially like. You know, he probably helped uh, Rangrim a little bit with uh, with loading that axe up on top there, but essentially just kind of, uh, you know, goes and chills in the back of the cart. The map was not on purpose, so, you know, that's great. It's good quality content for you guys there. Uh, was it was it up for a bit longer? Oh, yeah. It was up until about 10 seconds ago. It's fine. It's fine. It's a good quality map. It is. High quality map too well right there. Um, <laughs> Okay, so um, awesome. So um, as the uh, as well, the five of you now uh, kind of start, uh, you know begin uh, heading, uh, you know, kind of through the night, uh, just just heading in this kind of uh, northeasterly direction. Um, you you notice that like you are traversing, and from time to time, like it is not a straight shot. Like you will kind of from time to time will kind of go to the right or to the left. And shortly after you've passed by, you will see a massive geyser of flame that will kind of shoot bursting out of the ground. Um, I think there's a few times when you pass over like kind of uh, essentially like frozen like ice bridges or um, are kind of like bypassing these frozen rivers that are running through this. Um, I mean, most of this is like, it would be impossible for you to tell why you are going some ways and go and not going others. Like sometimes mm. you are going up these frost covered mounds and sometimes you are giving them a wide berth to see them explode in a geyser, like, you know, in the five minutes after you pass by them. Um, so you can tell that traversing this without a experienced guide um, is, uh, would be incredibly fraught. Um, I would love to get a, a perception check from Rangrim though, um, to see with, with advantage to see how, well, you would be able to traverse these or to tell. Um, I also want to know, not just traversing them in general, the donkeys, like, can I smell the difference? That's, that's what, yeah, that's what I'm saying. So if you roll perception with advantage, I want to, uh, I'll give you an answer there. I feel like Glenn, like, started to draw a map and then just got frustrated. It's like, I don't <laughs> understand why we're, okay, whatever. And just, like, throws it into the furnace. <sighs> uh, Brangrim can't smell those uh, uh oh i nope. think uh, I one think was a, i had an 11 and a 12 my you know perception what? is a plus 10 wait oh you rolled a you oh. rolled a one and a two amazing mm -hmm. i love it um Rangram, i think that in any other situation i think that you would be pretend you you feel like you might be able to smell these but downwind from a, a mammoth uh, and in a <laughs> blizzard. I think that this is incredibly, uh, the things you smell when you take a big uh, whiff in, I think that that mammoth just gives a, a you know, a, a big old <laughs> rear end trumpet that you just take a big whiff of. And I think that you're just afraid to, uh, to smell too deeply from then on. What a sentence. Downwind from a mammoth and a blizzard. At least you'll always know where Shira is. Fair. Yeah. I know, never... I know, I absolutely know where Shira is, unfortunately. <laughs> 
There's just now this like ominous trail falling. You're like, ah, oh, come on. <laughs> um, but yeah, I uh, I think that um, I, I think that as you all are uh, are traversing, I think at some point uh, Sajukor kind of uh, you know he kind of yells off the back because you know you you he's a, a bit higher than you. Um, so if you don't mind me asking. What are you all doing on your way to Goshir? Are you looking to to join the Revivifus cause? Have some sort of uh, generally people heading to Goshir are either running from something or looking for something at the very least. Uh, I think it's a little column A, column B at this point. It's a little bit of both. Understandable. It's a Strange, strange time in Sakal, I feel like. It was like he's like puts his hand up and is like feeling the the uh the wind and uh it was like there's a I don't know, change brewing. Ominous feeling these days. Have you been uh you or any of your family been impacted by what the revivifists have been doing, or has it been pretty isolated to the front line? Oh, uh, my family's quite nomadic. Uh, we kind of go our own separate ways for the most part. So it just, just stole Sajukor and Shira here. But uh, like I said, they've been they've been kindly folk to pretty much everyone in the north that haven't really, uh, you know, they they're really as far as you know if they have something they generally share it. So prosperity is uh is kind of you know, been trickling down through uh, most of the smaller villages up here in the north. Glenn, like, not loud enough for Sajukor to say this, and probably while he's, like, handing out the food to Cosmo, goes, sounds like, uh, sounds like we got an opportunity for some allies here. Less, they feel a lot less empire than the empire. Oh, I, uh, I myself and not too much a fan of the uh, the empire. They a little bit too regimented for my taste, but I try not to do uh, to get too tied up in that. I just they don't bother us up here, and we don't bother them. So it's uh, a little bit too uh, too wild for the empire to tame at this point. Well, if you find any more wary travelers out here looking for two dwarfs and an elf. I'd recommend you forget about us as soon as you drop us off. Probably better for you and Shira. Uh, roll me a uh, roll me a persuasion check. How do I talk? Uh, Eleven plus one, twelve. I love that Glenn is not <laughs> persuasive <laughs> at all. Um, he kind of looks at you and uh, like kind of you like looks down his nose at you a bit and. I get you. I understand. Like I said, most people up here in the north are running away from something. Ah, don't don't you worry. Your secret's safe with old Sajukor. And I uh, kind of um, kind of turns back around and uh, just kind of. Can you inside check that? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely inside checking. Absolutely. Absolutely. Can't trust those Sajukors. 11. I mean,. You're reading him from the back of his head. Uh, I think that um, I, I I don't think that you're able to get heads or tails of it. So it's uh, I mean, he he hasn't 
as far as you can tell, he hasn't been uh, untrustworthy with you so far. So you're going off that read. Um, seems seems authentic. But, all right. Um, but yeah, so uh, you all continue uh, on your way. If, unless anyone else has any other kind of pointed questions for Sajukor, um, I would love to hear from you know the three of you what you are doing uh, during your kind of uh, you know twenty four hour travel. Uh, when um, when Glenn inside checked, did Sajuko look like Pira or Mithra? Um, kind of a fusion between the two of them, uh, covered in hair. Uh, it, like, I think that's kind of the. Uh, I think that's kind of it. Uh, Glenn at some point want to have a conversation with Bryn, but I can I can wait on that one. Um, uh, I here how about this. We'll give you. An, I'll give you an opportunity. Uh, you uh, you turn back around from your conversation with Sajukor and uh, you see Bryn uh, sitting by the fire and he looks like he's uh, looking at an essentially like an old uh, photograph um, of a couple figures. Uh, roll me uh, roll me an investigation check. See how fast you're able to to scope this scope this picture. Scope the scope shit it. out of it. Uh, <laughs> Eighteen plus a bunch. Twenty seven. Let's okay. go. Um, from over Bryn's shoulder, uh, I mean, he's obviously very close to you. He's within like five feet of you as you turn around. Um, and he doesn't try to hide it or anything. He just seems like he's kind of enraptured. You see it kind of in the firelight of the uh, the glow of the forge. So everything's kind of bathed in an orange light, uh, orange flickering light. Um, you see an image that uh, is picks three figures. Uh, you see in the front uh, two kind of uh, smaller kind of like... Um, you know, like teenage uh, figures. Uh, one of them has uh, kind of like a wild look about them with like red hair. Uh, and they're wearing like kind of um, like what you would recognize as like noble robes uh, that are uh, kind of like, they're white with kind of like gold filigree. Um, not like wizard's robes, like more just like common everyday robes of someone of nobility. Um, and the next to them you see a figure that is wearing like very clearly um, you know, robes of someone who is being trained in the arcane, um, kind of longer flowing robes, but they are black with gold uh, filigree. Um, and you see these two figures, like arms over each other's shoulders, uh, just kind of like absolutely cheesing it into this into the picture. Um, and uh, yeah, I think even one of them, like I think the red haired figure has like, you know, two fingers up, like absolutely just like having a great time in this photo. Um, and behind them, you see a, a kind of a tall, lean figure that is uh, probably, it's, you recognize them immediately as Elvin, um, and there are some things about them that are kind of off-putting. They have uh, kind of more tan skin and long white hair that is like pulled back into kind of a, um, a pretty tight bun with like, with like kind of uh, bangs that are coming down. Um, they are clad like in very austere black robes with like very, very small amounts of, of, of gold of filigree around it. Just very, you know, kind of very, very subtle, um, very kind of like serious uh, attire here. Um, and you see them uh, looking down at, uh, at these figures with a very disapproving kind of expression, a very different in, in contrast to the happy expressions um, of the two figures in the front. Um, roll me a history check. Should be my question. Ooh, terrible. Actually, if I can use my inspiration from two episodes ago. There we go. Worse. Uh, <laughs> worse. Eight. Um, okay. Um, well, with an eight, uh, I will say this. Um, 
This figure looks Zephyrian, and that is weird to you. Um, and you don't, you can't place them. Um, you don't know every Zephyrian, um, but you don't know who this figure is. Um, but I will say this, there is something, aside from the fact that they seem Zephyrian, um, there is something off-putting also. You've never seen a Zephyrian with like, these like amber yellow piercing eyes. Like mm. they are very, like they kind of, even out of this old photograph, like they seem like they are looking straight through you. And you've just never seen a Zephyrian with amber yellow eyes. So when he, like as, as Glenn kind of turns around and sneaks a glimpse, Glenn's gonna quickly cast Mage Hand and like tap on the furthest shoulder of Bryn to try to get him to look the opposite direction of Glenn. <laughs> okay, so roll roll me a deception check. Okay. Oh, terrible. Is that uh, a natural one? No, it's a four. Oh, okay. Uh, but should be, because deception is... Starts with a D. Oh, fuck, actually, plus 11. 15. Jesus. Um, okay. With a 15, I'll say that he... Uh, I was going to have him look directly at you if it had been much worse, but you have such a good benefit. I didn't know it's plus it. 11 to the yeah. um, he, uh, he does turn the other way, but it doesn't seem like he's uh, that... He's not going to turn away very long. What are you looking to do? Um, I just want to take a glimpse of the photo one more time and see if I can, like, recognize any of the specific, like, filigree that's in his robes, the Zephyrian. Okay, roll. We'll just... Uh, Okay, if you're looking for a different, roll for another um, history check. Or history? I, yeah, okay. I, or you can roll for arcane. Um, it's it's whatever you would rather I think do. That's the same for both. Yeah, okay. I'd like I would be specifically looking to see. Oh, natural twenty. Uh, I'd be specifically looking for like uh, house crests or anything along those lines. Uh, absolutely. Uh, you recognize immediately this is not Zephyrian. There's nothing Zephyrian mm. on it at all. Um, you uh, what you notice is that. Uh, basically embroider right into, uh, right above the heart um, of this figure um, is, you know, I think you recognize it immediately uh, from long, long ago at um, at the uh, Bronze Guard Manor, uh, the haunted house you went to. Uh, you recognize it from the, um, essentially the tapestry that was hung on the wall. Uh, you recognize it as the symbol of the Blackthorn family. Um, you also recognize immediately uh, that both uh, there, that. Both figures of the the small boys that are in front uh, also have family crests. Uh, the red-haired kid has, uh, which I think he, you recognize immediately as a young Bryn. Um, you see has a uh, the gold brick uh, symbol is above uh, their chest, and then uh, the figure next to them uh, is has the symbol of uh, the Blackworm family. Um, and I think as you're looking closer at this at this image, um, I think that you. I mean, I think it just there's no reason that it wouldn't settle in specifically for you. Um, you saw the figure of that you identified as Rainier or had identified for you as Rainier um, in the, um, you know, in, in whatever, you know, alternate dimension or whatever the case was that the coin took you to when you were uh, kind of locked away in that cage where Chandrell had to come and save you. This, this figure is slightly, is, is younger but not by much than the figure that you saw um, kind of trapped in that cage, uh, in that, you know, whatever pocket dimension or whatever that was. Um, you recognize this figure immediately as you take, kind of take this uh, this second look at this picture. Uh, so like tapped on her shoulder, 
took a, a snapshot of that image and then like once Bryn realized there's nothing on that side. God damn it, Glenn. Uh, he's gonna just... be like handing him a bowl of food. Like, I know this, you're not gonna eat this, but it's, you know, it's the thought that counts and I kind of miscounted and made an extra bowl, so. He like, he like holds it in his hand and like, and, and kind of like puts the, the pic, like kind of lowers the picture down from with his other hand goes, Glenn, did you, you hit your head or you, uh, did those, uh, those giants get you a little bit more than I thought? You know I haven't eaten in like 300 years, right? Uh, I learned from uh, a dwarven mother that, you know, the the kindest way to show you care is to feed somebody. And I, I ran fresh out of motor oil, so I didn't know really what to give you. So I figured this was the next thing. But more the sentiment than the, the article, if you will. Well, I appreciate the uh, the sentiment. I don't even know what it would happen if I were to just like baby dog dump this down my uh down my uh whatever this slot is in the front of my face but i don't really want to know what will come out the other end and uh he kind of like lifts it up to his face goes yum appreciate it glenn it's all about the sentiment it's like uh, it's like that eating drinking out of an empty cup from a little kid You guys basically just had a porridge tea party in the back. Uh, you know, we're kind of heading north, and there's definitely some recollections of where I saw Rainier around here. Uh, where's your Where's your head at? You, what are you thinking right now? My guess is you haven't let go of that dagger since we gave it to you. Yeah, you kind of. Um... Pat's his uh, side where the the dagger is kind of um, is is now like you can see attached to kind of his uh, belt beneath his um, his his kind of tattered duster. Oh no, I, I keep it pretty close. He's um, and you can see that like in his other like he kind of um, opens up his like little chest cavity area and pulls out the coin and kind of goes, "Don't worry, I still have it safe as well. Uh, it hasn't uh, hasn't done anything as of yet, but uh, I'll let you know if it does." And he's kind of brings back up the picture and goes, I've, <laughs> I'm, you know, thinking of Rainier is not a, not a new uh, occurrence at all, but oh, it's um, definitely been, been on front of my mind. He like kind of now shows you the, the picture and goes, oh, Glenn, I know I kind of jumped to conclusions with that description. And obviously when you kind of took on the form of him, I don't think there's any question, but. This is the fig- this is the person you saw, right? Is he kind of shows you the the picture of like a, you know, a younger Rainier and a young young Bryn? Uh, I don't know if this is a fortunate or unfortunate situation, but that's that's definitely the the face I saw on the other side of the cage or in the other cage next to me. That's that scar is pretty distinguishing. Yeah, yeah, he got it. Got it pretty young. We were uh. We were out by the, we were messing around, and he, uh, he kind of, he kind of took a header and um, didn't, uh, didn't heal particularly well. But you know, boys will be boys and all that. I understand that well. Uh, not Glenn, but Brian. Um, Brian, is there 
it's it's beautiful you have that memory of him and you know memento to be able to see his face it's how you should remember him if if you will uh depending on how things go in the next few few weeks it's probably the best memory to have of him there's there's value in memories there's there's power in them but uh what can you tell me about this guy and he's going to point to the Zephyrian and at this point he's going to kind of look over to Cosmo and be like Cosmo you should probably take a look at this because it's rare that you'd find a Zephyrian in Sakal at all I mean our people don't really cross the sea very often as far as I'm concerned Cosmo have you ever seen another Zephyrian besides me history check think that we think we saw one yeah. we think we saw one yeah who was uh ushering nybarg and redbeard like way long ago mm-hmm. oh okay or at least he recognized <clears throat> me or thought he did he recognized you as a spherian i, I think he was a i think he was a high elf but That's not a not a spherian you're right um you said a history check yep history check i would ask rangrim but We've literally uh, seen everybody that he's ever seen up <laughs> above ground. <laughs> uh, 18. Um, okay. Uh, yeah, you, uh, I mean, I, I don't think that you came up from New Arda. Uh, I came across the sea, you know, young, a young from New Arda. And uh, I don't think that, uh, I don't think you've, you know, you've ever seen. I, I honestly also too, I, I don't think that distinguishing different uh, subtle races, uh, different races of elves is something that, Cosmo is incredibly good at doing. Um, I think maybe when it comes to uh, when it comes to uh, you know telling dwarves apart, you're probably a little bit uh, stronger at that. Mm-hmm. But I think you can confidently say that um, this like someone who is you know kind of tanner skin and uh, like blonde white hair like Glenn. I, I don't think that's some. I think that's something that would have stood out to you. And uh, and you know I don't think you can confidently say you don't think you've seen many of if any experience before. What you're saying is Cosmo thinks all the elves look alike. I, I, you know, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that Cosmo may be better at telling uh, certain uh, hmm. uh, dwarves apart than elves. Yeah. Mm. Uh, Glyn, I think I can confidently say I have no clue really how to tell you 20 years apart. Those dang knife ears. <laughs> you see you see glenn's left eye twitch it's like uh, okay well uh I, what Bren, what can you tell us about him because the the skin tone and the the hair i recognize but there's not a lot of people where i'm from that have those kinds of eyes there's not a lot of people i've ever seen that have those color eyes well i i don't know much about uh you know zephyrian or non-zephyrian but uh, if that's how you can tell from from looking at them, then I, I, you know, you're the you're the expert here. I I, I will admit I haven't seen um, uh, many elves with the uh, with your kind of skin tone and, and hair color, so I, I didn't know that was a whole. I just kind of thought you tanned a lot and had really good people continuous, continuously dyeing your roots back to blonde. But uh, GTL. But, no, listen, I now Tauros, that guy. Uh, oh, sorry, Tora. <laughs> Toros, that yeah, he was uh, he was uh, Rainier's uh, Rainier's 
arcane instructor. And uh, to be honest, I don't think he ever liked me very much. I never met him, and I can tell you didn't like you very much. What uh, his his job was to teach Rainier just magic of any kind, or was there? Did he have a specification of skill set? Yeah, he was. Um, as far as I know, he was the uh, kind of uh, the head, um, you know, the kind of the the head wizard, head arcanist of the uh, of the Blackworm family. He was. Kind of the uh, the one to go to if you were going to be uh, kind of trained up in the magical arts, and I know that uh, Rainier felt himself, you know, particularly lucky, his family included, to have uh, have such a skilled instructor. I know that the the black or the uh, even the Goldbricks didn't have uh, someone of his caliber. So um, I don't know, man. Those eyes always kind of rough putting to me, though, and definitely didn't. Uh, Definitely didn't enjoy uh, my visits to Rainier during their lessons. When did he come into the picture? Was he always around? Or was he an addition at some point in Rainier's life? Well, yeah. I mean, at, at the point when he had been around, I mean, I know you, as you know, the you Elven folk can, uh, you know, have a long, long lifespan. It's hard to tell exactly how, you know, how long lived he was, but uh, I mean, he wasn't incredibly elderly, as far as I could tell, and not least at that time. But um, I'm not mistaken. Uh, I, I obviously, I believe Toros at some point within my, you know, kind of 300 year exile uh, passed on, or whenever, wherever, uh, wherever you elves go when you get old, and uh, his son uh, kind of took over. And if I'm not mistaken, is uh, currently the uh, the hand of the emperor. You have a, a name for that son? Uh, yeah, of course. It's uh, I'm not mistaken. Uh, Arius? Is it? I think that's Arius. Uh, history check if I know the name Arius. Absolutely. Uh, fourteen. Okay. Uh, I'll give you the advantage on it, and it'll come become particularly clear if you roll well. It's my piece. Nope. Worse. Fourteen. Um. I think that um, there is a reason that with the 14, I'll give it to you. Um, there was a time, and I'll just, you know, there was a time when a, uh, when a Zephyrian elf and a, uh, a, Dur the whip. a, a Durgar uh, snuck into the, uh, the Imperial Palace uh, in, trying to steal a small book. Um, and there was uh, at some point when, uh, when the two of you were uh, trying to uh, escape, uh, that you saw a figure that was leading an army of uh, of gotcha. soldiers towards you, uh, and you would recognize uh, uh, you would recognize that that figure anywhere. Uh, and they now that you're thinking back on it, they look incredibly similar to the figure. Um, and I don't think it would have been difficult to tell skin color at the time, but I think that you would remember those kind of piercing amber yellow eyes yep. anywhere. Well, uh, I think we might have inadvertently rub shoulders with Arius at some point. Uh, Rangrim, remember that guy you threw a bookcase on? <laughs> uh, which, which, which one? Uh, the big walking bookcases that you made. Oh, yeah. Um, I thought we weren't We've talking that about... Multiple times? I thought we weren't talking about that, though. Oh, Bryn, we robbed the Empire. Did you not know that? Uh, I... 
I surmise as much from the oh, uh, case know, out of the bag now. Yeah. So all time, these bookcases were walking towards us. Moisture guy with him. I think we uh, I think we ran into Arius at, at some point. Um, a lot of information. I mean, kind of famously, Zephyr, or I guess like Zephyrian's military tends to not be too involved with the doings of, of other governments. But based off the information that I saw while Chandrail sent me on a, a mission, there was discussions of Sakalian influences and building an army here, building forces here. Uh, I'd be curious if Taurus might have been the plant. Actually, Shit, why don't we just ask? And Glenn's gonna like off his back, pull the double bladed scimitar and like spike it in front of him like it's sitting or standing like right in front of him. He goes, uh, hey Chandrell, uh name Taurus or Arius mean anything to you? Uh roll me persuasion check with disadvantage. It's fair. Uh not a lot. Four, maybe? Four. Um, I will give you this with a four. You get, uh, you don't get any words that come from the, uh, no from, nice words from the double bladed <laughs> scimitar. Um, but you get the feeling, um, of a negative reply. Okay. That's all you get. You get the feet, like you, just because of your connection with Chandrell, you just get like the faintest whisper of essentially like, it's not actually spoken by any means. It just is essentially kind of a, a no, a the, non-verbal no. The magic eight ball uh, ask again yeah, later. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, not even asking later. You just get, you get like, you 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 feel like whatever the response was, was a negative response. Have you ever gotten okay. one of those non-verbal no's from your partner? It's one of like, those. you know it's a no, but you, they don't actually have to say a single thing. Yeah, it's one of those. Uh, Glenn kind of like chuckles to himself a little bit. <laughs> oh, well, you know, Bryn, the only thing colder than the snow outside is Chandrell sometimes, so... Seems like it's not a familiar, familiar name to her, but it's just rare you see a Zephyrian outside of Zephyr, let alone that involved in another, another government's higher powers. I mean, that's embedding yourself within a family like the Blackworms. That's pretty dangerous. As far as I know, they've been there for, uh, I mean, they've been there for some time before I was born. Uh, so, like I said, I, I don't know much about uh, any kind of, you know, they seem trusted. They seem like they were, uh, you know, kind of one of the family, but I, I don't really know their origins, where they came from. And, but they, uh, yeah, if, uh, I mean, that, that is odd. If you're, uh, if it's, I mean, you're here. Uh, if you you kind of made your way here, I mean, it seems like maybe it was just at some point there was someone that uh, kind of made their way over to, you know, over to Sakal and made a home for themselves and kind of made a name for themselves in the arcane arts. I, I don't really know too much about it, but I can't. It's hard for me to, you know, take too much credence as, uh, you know, one, one, you know, creature of a particular lineage making their way over it doesn't seem too incredibly odd to me but you know you know that uh that culture better than i do you would be surprised as to what it takes for someone to want to leave uh what was your your father's opinion 
of Taurus. Yeah, he didn't he didn't pay him too much mind. Like I said, we we really didn't have the uh, uh, you know same caliber of uh, of an arcane instructor within the Goldberg family. So I think he was a bit uh, jealous, but you know not enough to do any kind of uh, do any kind of like subterfuge trying to bring him over to our side. That would have caused too much of a ripple within the family. So my father was always more of a kind of live or let live wasn't really the the conqueror the kind of the ruffler feathers type more of the uh probably do his undoing unfortunately but just more of a kind of live and let live and much more of a passive like to uh kind of revel and uh enjoy the the benefits of power more than to uh risk uh risk losing it by expanding do you still have uh that book that i gave you from our friends the archives the uh the history of the gold breaks kind of tracing i think it was one of your ancestors that might have wrote it he uh he opens up a small port on the side of his uh body <laughs> just big enough exactly for like a book to come out because yeah of course here you go he's bender from yeah. futurama 100 yeah <laughs> infinite infinite ports and there's always a port for something uh thank you i just want to do some reading uh I, I enjoyed our conversation and you know sorry about dawn and your potentially deceased friend's face. I was trying to make a point, but, you know, sometimes it goes too far. I appreciate the, uh, I appreciate the, uh, you know, the apology. It's unnecessary though. I, I apologize for kind of overreacting. I, you know, I can, <laughs> I can kind of, uh, throw fists first and uh, ask questions later, but it's definitely more fun that way. <laughs> that is true. It's, uh, you know, Got me to some uh, into some interesting situations in my youth, to say the least. Uh, Glenn's going to take the rest of the trip to try to trace any note or backtrack, like in math, the amount of years as to when the the branches of the gold break started to get pruned and Taurus's arrival or beginning of influence. Because if I'm assuming it's like close to 600 years ago mm -hmm. would be starting around then to see if like when gold breaks started randomly dying in shocking ways for sure um yeah uh so i'll, I'll give you uh I'll, I'll we'll come back to that uh sure. remind me if i if we don't get to it before you get to go share but um so uh the the, <laughs> the two of the two of you I, I assume uh kind of overhearing uh this this conversation um, was there anything that you both wanted to uh, kind of remark upon or ask uh, that kind of seemed to pop to mind? Or is there anything else that you're doing? Um, obviously, I assume that uh, Rangram's driving the cart um, and then, you know, the Cosmo is is kind of, uh, but you all are within earshot of this conversation at the very least. Nah, Rangram's kid. Yeah, I think, um, I think Cosmo's mind is is kind of elsewhere. Um, but I mean, I, I know he was kind of listening, you know, present, but kind of focused on his own, own thoughts, you know? Okay. Um, and I will say that I think that there, uh, there are plenty of things to be, uh, you know, taking your attention as you continue to ride through the day. Um, you are, you know, as you ride through the rest of the night, um, you, uh, you know, the sun begins to, uh, you know, become, begins to come up and kind of throw a, uh, 
you know, kind of throw everything into more sharp relief. Uh, I think it becomes almost blinding at some point. The snow, the blizzard does seem to kind of like, it doesn't fully subside, but it kind of like is stopped by about half. So you can at least like see ahead of you a lot more than you were able to previously and just like see this like beautiful, like snowy tundra landscape that is just like from time to time, like just these explosions of fire come shooting out of it. Um, but as you're continuing forward, um, you, I think all begin to feel like this, this uncomfortable chill that seems to settle over all of you, even though you are continuously warmed by the forge. And that is because you kind of start to see the uh, remnants of what looks like maybe like, you don't know if it's one big battle or multiple battles, but there are just like burnt out wagons, like burnt out warm, like war machines, like dead mammoths. Like there are, there are similar, like half buried in the snow. You can see that there are these like mounds that have like, you know, swords and spears and shields sticking out of them that you would recognize immediately as like essentially like funeral, uh, funeral mounds um, from uh, that look like, you know, this is not something that's an ancient battle. The, the, you are getting, you are within the no man's land, essentially between uh, Goshir and where the Empire has kind of like made their barricade, their blockade. Um, so and I think this that is, this isn't like a monument, but it's not like you're passing through. Just happened. No, you're passing through a battlefield that is probably within like you. You would gauge it between like within a month and six months. Fuck. Okay. Cool. Um, and it seems like there are like, I think that like, as you're passing through this, um, I think that there's just like kind of an uncomfortable silence that kind of drops over, um, drops over the party. Um, but you all continue, uh, making your way, uh, you know, to the North and the East passing through this kind of like essentially battlefield graveyard. Um, and, uh, so, uh, uh, BK, can you roll me a, um, yes. Only a history check. Uh, I will say too, the book you're reading is specifically about the Goldbreak family, so it's not going to tell you much about the Black. Right. I'm trying to. I would just be doing like year math. Yep. If I'm assuming that like a, an elf lives about 400 to 600 years, <clears throat> that from like the latest record kind of thing. Uh, 15. Okay. Um, I'll give you advantage because you're using the book. 17. Okay. Um. I think that it is difficult to tell exactly when it started. Um, it seems like between 300 and 400 years ago was when it kind of uh, started to, uh, you know, where there, there seemed to be kind of a, a, the frequency of it began to kind of start increasing. Um, and from, you know, previous conversations with Bryn, uh, this has been kind of known as the gold break curse. Right. Um, and there were, there have been, so many different kind of theories for what caused this, you know, offending the gods in different ways, um, the, you know, different ways that the, the gold breaks handled it. The, you know, people looked at it and said that it was like, you know, kind of they were reaping what they were sowing because they weren't like, you know, running the, you know, Sakal in the ways that they should have. Some of it, some people said that it was like a curse of the dragons, like for taking their gold long ago. Like there's like, there's so many, like, just kind of like, it, it's a legend. It's been so long since that, like, you hear all these just kind of stories that have been passed down um, that people have had theories for, you know, why this thing occurred, but um, it's difficult to lend credence to any more than the other. Okay. 
um, Cosmo, like, entering into this, uh, kind of battlefield, uh, Cosmo would shout up to Sejukor and just, is, is this a battle between the Revivifists and the Empire? And indeed it is. It's, it's been, it's been quite a, been some time since they've had any kind of major quarrels, but when the Revivifists kind of began uh, making their claim up here in the north, uh, the Empire made a push to try to kind of stake their claim back, and it uh, wasn't pretty. There've, um, there were some heavy losses that both sides sustained, and it's uh, since the blockade went up and since uh, the Revivifists have kind of held their own at Goshir, there hasn't been as much of a bloodshed as there had previously, but this was from about three to four months back or so. Uh, any kind of uh, roll me a um, roll me a persuasion check, Cosmo. All right. <laughs> Still not too bad. A fifteen. Um, he kind of uh, kind of looks back at you and goes. Oh, I wouldn't be surprised if there's more in the coming in the coming months. It seems to me that every time I've visited Goshir, it seems like there's been more and more rallying to their cause and they're doing nothing but increasing their armaments every time I've been back. So I don't know where they're getting their supplies, but it seems like they are much more well equipped equipped than they were previously so mm. we'll be it to the empire if they uh make a push on them again uh, is it uh safe to to uh look and investigate into uh the surroundings here as we kind of pass through respectfully of course um ooh, that's a great question uh roll me another persuasion check i'm gonna say this time a disadvantage uh, persuasion with disadvantage. Ooh. Okay. Or you can roll an insight if you want to get the read on him uh, on, when from you saying this. Uh, I I would say it's insight because I do really I don't I'm not trying to persuade him to let me. I'm trying to actually know if it's safe. Okay. Um. <laughs> yeah. Roll me a uh, roll me an insight check just straight up and down. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, go for it, Cosmo. <laughs> uh, I oh, know yeah, I can persuade. I know I can persuade him to let me. I mean, I'll you know. It's a sixteen. Um, I think he looks back at you and kind of just makes eye contact and goes, oh, "I don't know. I don't know you well, uh, young dwarf. But if you were to pass away here in the Frostfire Plains under whatever circumstances." I don't think that I'd want to have someone rooting around in my grave. I would now, I unless I'm mistaken. Well, I think you have uh, me and my dwarven friend confused. Uh, I would be the one, and Glenn's going to cast detect magic to see if there's any magical items around us. 
Okay. Uh, sure. Yeah, I forgot that you have. Yeah. Um, that's a great question. Let's roll. Um, I think you get. Uh, I think you get four. Um, mild pings from deep in these. Uh, I think it may be in three of these piles. Uh, maybe two in one, and then you know one in each of the others. Uh, these these kind of like funeral mounds. Um, you get. Uh, they're they're not incredible enchantments, uh, but you you can kind of uh, sense Simple. that there are a couple of magical. Um, items that are kind of buried in these things. So it's not, you know, you know, it's it's definitely like, you know, not unworth digging in them, but uh, it seems though as though uh, you know, this fear bulk uh, has a healthy respect for the dead um and is not going to uh, be very stoked if you guys uh, kind of go grave robbing. Yeah. Uh, you misunderstand my my dwarven friend here because, you know, I can tell that that pile, that pile, and that pile have something worth digging through but my friend here is more on the up and up and on the uh the reverent side of things and if anything would be one i'm sure cosmo would be addressing this with utmost respect and two would not be looking to rifle through anybody's belongings in this life or the next but i think i think he's just trying to collect some information about maybe a battle we might have ahead of us or maybe some tactics he's Although young in stature, he's, he's, he's seen a lot. Uh, if anybody you could trust to not go pilfering, it'd be him. What, what, is, your, uh, what is your argument there, Cosmo, if you're trying to make an argument for, uh, for you know, essentially, you know, going, going, uh, going digging? Oh, um, I think he said it about as good as I could. I, I don't know. Like, uh, I just... I, so, I, I mean, what's your more. what's your goal here? Like, what what are you, are you trying to just essentially be able to go digging through these piles and 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 you know? No, just I'm just I'm uh I'm curious, you know. Like, Cosmo just found out he's selling weapons of potential destruction to these uh to one of these sides and is kind of having some uh some emotional conflict like. Right, like I don't know. No, I, I I totally get that. I will say this battle happened before you started, uh, before the Evan Depths. Uh, mm. So like th this was this would have been before um, you you know the timeline. Uh, even if we need to push it back, like the t the time I know our timeline's a little bit wishy washy with for this uh, for when things happen. But I will say that this battle would have happened before you started distributing uh, dark steel to the uh, Ruby of the Fist. Okay. So all yeah. these weapons and armor are like standard standard construction weapons and armor they are not like, sure yeah I, i'm not going looking for a hot magical item i've got enough gold to buy what i need uh dark steel is inherently magical right like they would all light up if it was all dark steel right? yes uh yeah. dark as we've uh, canonically uh disclosed dark steel is uh, is essentially imbued with like kind of chaotic energy Space where it's like, magic it, yeah essentially whatever each one of them is imbued with different kinds of magic right Think um, like a, in a, a mutant getting its powers. Right. Kind of each one is bespoke. Um, uh, I guess the, the, the say would be, you know, uh, I just have uh, some personal investment in things. And uh, I think seeing things in person is really kind of uh, really kind of shook me to my core, and 
think the reverence of this whole space just kind of put me in a place to want to stop and take a minute. Really. More than pillaging. I'm not... I don't need no magical items. I can buy whatever I feel I need. This is not about grave robbing or trinkets or heirlooms. This is, you know, if it's not safe, we just carry on and I'll just enjoy the view from a, from here. It's not about, uh, sorry, I'm doing Bryn's voice. It's not about being safe or unsafe. The ghosts of the dead generally don't hurt the living more than, uh, you're not in a physical way anyway. Well, well, oh, we do live in kind of quite a, a magical world, so I'm certain they can. But We've definitely fought some ghosts that were trying to hurt definitely us. Definitely some ghosts. Yeah, that's well, that's unsettling. I, I think that, and he's kind of looking around, he seems like, seems as though you two were more of the, divine type if you wanted to lend a prayer to the uh dead to help them on their way i don't see anything wrong with that uh, and he kind of uh you kind of uh pats um pats here on the side and uh you see her slow down to uh, a stop and um essentially you know there's probably uh you know a couple funeral mounds that are around you um and like maybe one or two decomposing mammoths and and kind of instruments of war like you know catapults and ballistas and things like that that are like in various states of buried in snow and broken um and uh so i think that if you want to get out and you know explore do whatever you want uh I, just let me know what you want to do uh reading you want to do reading no I, i'm reading something oh sorry. <laughs> Uh, Glenn, taking this time just because Poe got re-murdered, uh, is going to take the 10 minutes it costs or takes to cast Find Familiar nice. and just reconjure Poe back, but this time as a... I think I can do a fox? Like a snow fox, like the little white, adorable fox. Oh, nice. It's so cute. I wow. poop in my yeah. eye. Little fennec fox? Yeah. Fennec fox? Aren't those a little little mousy looking ones? Yeah, with the big, so ear, yeah, big giant ears. Like cat. Yep. Mm. Sorry, I thought I had something something to do. I I really don't. Um, I honestly like knowing that the web. It's not the weapons. It's not any of the stuff. Like I think the. The investigation would mostly just be as a, a kind of maybe a stop of like a somber moment of just like Cosmo has never been involved in f funding and uh, <laughs> supplies to a war. So this is this is kind of like a growing up thing. And yeah, for real. Uh, and I think yeah, I was gonna say, who, who hasn't had who hasn't had that coming of age story? <laughs> <laughs> who hasn't helped? Um, Cosmo, the Tony Stark of, uh, of Sakal. Right. Yeah, the, the right. Yeah. <laughs> Lord of War. Um. Glenn walks up to Cosmo and puts a hand on his shoulder and goes, kind of makes you proud, doesn't it? No, no, not really. Well, just know that none of this hardware is yours. And yeah. maybe we can do what we can to get it so it's uh, never yeah. yours. 
Uh, I sure hope so. Um, there's like a, f so there, you said there were a couple of funeral mounds? Yeah, there's like, there's probably three, you know, three or four funeral mounds that are kind of around you and are displaced. Um, and like I said, there's just also like things buried in the snow kind of a little bit. It, it seems like they took a lot more care for any of the um, kind of, you know, the humanoids. Um, you don't see any just like humanoid figures that are just half buried in snow, but like mammoths, things like that, you know, mounts or uh, or war machines, like you see those kind of sticking out of the snow half buried in, in a less ceremonial way. Mm, okay. Um, you don't just see like a hand of, of Fred the elf sticking out of like the ground of like unceremoniously or anything like that. Like there are like, you can just tell like in these funeral mounds, I think just from being like a holy person, I think both Rangrim and you can like kind of, you get a feel for this. Like, I think this, the air around this is just like, I think it cuts a little bit colder. Um, and I think that you can just tell like, this is a essentially kind of holy place. Like, yeah. Um, Cosmo is going to, um, I guess maybe he would find, I, I, I don't know what he would find. You know, he would look for, you know, an armor or shield, a coat of arms of some kind of helmet. Yeah, there's a, and, I, think there's a, I think there's a helmet um, that is, uh, you can clearly tell. Uh, I mean, are you looking for one that is a, a symbol of the Revivifist or a symbol of the, uh, the Empire? Maybe one of each. Okay. Yeah, I think that you find one that is, um, I think it's like a, it's it's iron. I think it's um, it's got a much more rough hewn uh, logo into the top of it uh, that is, um, you know, essentially, I'll say this. It is, the symbol in the top of it is one that you would recognize from the old Pantheon, which is essentially a symbol for, it's kind of like the, if you think of like the coexist bumper sticker of symbols, like this thing is like essentially representative of the old pantheon. It's like all the gods. It's like it's it's essentially like Ao's symbol, kind of. It's it's mm. um, that that symbol is what is kind of roughly hewn into the into the helmet of this like iron helmet. Um, and then you can see that the obviously the symbol of the seven is hewn into the 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 helmet of the um, and, and which is like much more higher quality, like. You can tell the one from the Empire is is definitely higher quality in forging. Um, but you have one of each. Um, Cosmo is going to uh, reach into his bag, into his bag of holding, and pull out his actual, the weapon of his, uh, his actual father's weapon, right? So, the, not Chet. As you put him away, he goes like, oh man, we're going to kill some And uh, no, no, kill enough killing's been, uh, been done here. And, no uh, one killed. So boring. Cosmo, <laughs> Chet, it's all right. <laughs> and and uh, Cosmo is going to. Cosmo is just going to touch the flat edge of his hammer and uh, cast a spell. I haven't casted ever had it. Uh, Cosmo is going to cast ceremony. Oh, what does ceremony do? Um, it really. I think it's more for flavor for the moment of the RP, um, but... It, what does it taste like? <laughs> what's that? What does what, it taste like? Well-seasoned beans. <laughs> <laughs> nice. You all have been cursed. Everything you eat from now on tastes like well-seasoned. Perfect. Nothing wrong with that curse. Uh, it's only a curse for everybody else around me later. Uh, Cosmo is going to touch this, like, holy weapon onto these... Uh, these helms and 
and uh, he's going to cast Funeral Rite. Uh, it's technically more for corpses, but I think for for the flavor, I, I think it's just a moment that um, it just casts this ceremoniously like blessing onto a portion of the ground. Um, how, about, how about this? How about you uh, went over to the closest funeral uh, mound and kind of sat both these helmets into the ground, and like when you touch it to these these helms, that you kind of see it like the magic flow past the helms, like through into the mound itself. Yeah. No, yeah, and I think that's fine, and I think it's more of just like a a nod to a moment of what they fought and died for, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, in spell canon land uh, for the next week that this mound cannot become undead. You know but, what? With things that you've been dealing with recently, that's probably, really helpful. probably <laughs> helpful. Um, so it's it says the target cannot become undead by any means short of a wish spell. Oh damn, that's a strong spell. That is a really strong spell, especially because wish is like literally is not mine. It's the yeah, it's the top, the highest level spells. Damn, which is funny because that's a it's a first level spell I've never touched. Booyah! No wish. Booyah! I look forward to when you cast uh, ceremony and use the wedding. Uh, Feature. Ooh, let's go. That's that's for uh, that's for when Rangrim marries Amy. So. Yeah. That's for, <laughs> for Rangrim. We'll be we'll be sure that the side of my hammer kisses uh, Rangrim's jaw. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Um, uh, no, I think that that's uh, actually yeah. dwarven tradition. That's not even disrespect from Cosmo. It's not even a threat. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> yeah. You know, every every wedding is uh, every wedding in dwarven culture is uh, is is celebrated with a fight to the death between uh, the son with the, essentially the the future son-in-law and the Perfect. father. Lynn no longer looks to regalia the same way that he did before because uh, he's afraid of Rangrim. <laughs> um. Yeah, I think that that's that's mostly just kind of it, really. Okay. No, I think that that's uh, I think that's a really beautiful moment as you kind of like see this like magic wash over this mound and um, I, you know, kind of uh, I, channeling some of this like, you know, some of these, uh, you know, ancient dwarven, uh, you know, rituals that uh, you're passed down, uh, you know, through you by, you know, by your father who was a paladin before you. And I think that this is like, this is something that is like a, a family tradition, essentially, that you haven't had much opportunity to use, but um, you, uh, you know, I think it's fitting here. And so I, um. Yeah, I think that uh, you know, with without much um, without much said, uh, unless there's any, is there anything else anyone wants to do before continuing onward? Mm-hmm. Um, That's it. Okay, so yeah, the, the you know everyone uh, kind of mounts back up and uh, and continues the you know passing by. Um, you know, after after about an hour or so, you uh, as you kind of continue more uh, kind of north uh, and you know more north at this point, I think you pass uh, through. Or like the mounds are becoming a lot less dense, and you're, uh, you know, you're getting further away. Um, oh, one thing, mm-hmm. Glenn is going to send Fox Poe out, kind of in front of the Fo? mammoth Poe, and is going to just be kind of tracking. Okay. Like trying to see if anything's inbound. Uh, roll me a persuasion check or a perception check with advantage for, for Poe's nose to make sure he's not running over any more geysers. <laughs> a fuck. <laughs> but he is a fox and has good uh, I just brought you back, Poe. <laughs> Do good. I'm trying. Okay. Uh, that's pretty good. 16 plus. I don't know if they have a plus. 
Oh yeah, sixteen plus three, nineteen. Uh, yeah, I mean he's nice. uh, you see Poe just kind of nimbly uh, moving his way around, and I mean whether or not you can tell that he's just incredibly lucky or it's. I, I think now actually as someone who's incredibly dexterous and skilled, um, I think you can tell that this is intentional that you know Poe is able to like nimbly dodge from side to side as these uh, things are going off, and of course they're not like it's not like every foot there's a geyser, but you know, when, when they do go off they're you know, they're about six feet in diameter and shoot, uh, shoot flames about 20 feet to the uh, end of the, into the air. So magma, it's uh, definitely not something you want to step on. Um, but yeah, in the same way that, uh, you all are, are definitely dodging them and, and kind of not walking over them. Uh, it seems that Poe is able to, uh, dodge them as well. Cool. And Poe is just on the lookout for like, uh, just regular ass wolves <laughs> just just other things that might be attacking yeah. a mammoth for food no absolutely um i think that at some point you uh you know it, while you were passing through the um you know I, I think that you saw uh some creatures that were kind of skirting uh the outskirts maybe looking for um looking for some kind of sustenance especially in this kind of like harsh environment but i will say that it seems like there is a there's an unsettled like calm like almost just there's it's too it's too quiet mm. around where that that battle was at like something about that area is just like whether or not it's one of those things that is just kind of like ambient magic from everything that happened there and kind of the pain and whatever else like you don't know whether like there are different kinds of, and, and mysterious kinds of magic in this world that are not just from people casting spells um and i think that um for whatever reason you don't run into like a lot of animals that are in this area even though you would probably expect for there to be like, you know, wolves feasting on these, you know, corpses and whatever else, like you are kind of surprised that it isn't, but at the same time, uh, you are kind of, it makes sense to you as you kind of the feeling that you got when you were passing through that area. Um, but I'll say, so you all continue, uh, continue onwards and, and, and throughout the day, um, you are, uh, you know, you're kind of getting uh, closer and closer. And as you, as you are, you're starting to see in the far distance, there is a massive like sheer cliff that is kind of like an ice wall that is, is kind of forming up ahead of you. And you can see in the far distance, you can't see anything yet like atop it or anything of that sort, but you can tell that like, this, like this seems to be your destination. And from what you've heard of Goshir, um, you know that it is located atop this kind of like massive, like glacial wall. And, um, as you're kind of continuing forward and the, uh, you know, sun kind of starts to set again, um, you start to see that at the base of this glacial wall, you can see that there are a massive number of just like lights, like torches and different kinds of things. And I think that anyone that is um, has experienced uh, seeing any kind of army formation, uh, you can tell that this is a massive army encampment that is at the base of this go mm. this this uh, this ice wall, essentially this glacial wall. Um, and as you're getting closer, uh, you hear, uh, you hear, um, oh my gosh, so Jukor kind of yell back, goes, now don't be alarmed. Like I said, they've been, uh, the, the, they've been kind of seemingly preparing for something. And the, the army itself has kind of uh, began to expand on this lower part of the glacial wall to uh, make sure that you know, no one makes it too close. They don't mean you any harm as long as you don't mean them any, and they should let us pass without any issue. Uh, we'll be taking the elevator up. Rangrim, why don't you let Nybarg know we're here? Maybe we can cut to the front of the line if 
They see us coming. I just, uh, you want me just to like let it, let them know we're here? Uh, yeah, tell them we're approaching the giant ice wall and bring someone in charge because I imagine there's going to be a, a conversation had between our, our fine dwarven friend here and there. I'm going to do just that. Uh, we're going to cast sending. Hey, no, I'm uh, we're here outside a big ice wall and like, um, can you hurry up and bring someone with some authority to talk to us, please? You, uh, you get, you get a, uh, you get a pretty quick response. Uh, that's a little bit huffy. goes, are you saying that you need someone of more authority than myself? I will of course be down right away. It is so lovely. And you can hear it. You hear in the background, you just hear, I am the hitter, I'm the hitter. And then, uh, you hear red fury in the background, uh, as, uh, the connection kind of stops and you just hear like a, ah, we'll be down soon. Um, as uh, Nybar kind of ends the, uh, uh, you know, ends the message. And um, yeah, I think that the, you guys continue forward. And as you get closer, you start to see uh, some pretty incredible sights uh, start to take shape as you kind of continue traveling for the next hour to close the distance between yourself and this, uh, this ice wall. Um, Real quick. Can I assume in the last 24 hours we got a long rest? Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, you guys are, you guys are fully rested up. Um, as you as you grow closer, the 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 scene in front of you is unique for a few different reasons. The army encampment on the bottom is expansive, like half a mile wide easily, um, and it is built for like you know it's mostly firs and kind of you can tell that this was essentially like it's, it kind of radiates outwards from um, from the the base of the wall. Um, and when I say this wall, I mean it is. This is a massive cliff face that extends miles and miles and miles, and it goes up probably easily um, about a hundred feet. And the um, you can see that this this army encampment has like the the buildings closest to the center are made of like more wood, and they're more like for long term stays. And as they go kind of outwards, you see that they've expanded, and it's more furs and more temporary structures to keep you know keep out of the cold. Um, but you see kind of looking up this ice wall, you see a massive elevator that is like built into like the sides of this. That is just like, you can tell that this is easily big enough to carry like three carts, three to four carts side by side. It is a massive, massive structure um, that you can like, from what you can tell, like it seems like it is both mechanical and you would assume magical to be able to carry this much, you know, the full weight of this. Um, but looking like hundred feet up the ice wall, you can see a pretty incredible sight. There is a town that is built seemingly of like kind of ice and stone and wood from your long far distance up there. Um, but surrounding this structure, you can tell that no, it seems like there is some sort of magical globe around it. It is not really like you can kind of see like what almost looks like a heat haze that is that is surrounding the city, but you can tell that like the snow is just like kind of being stopped in uh, in kind of an orb around this city that is kind of like this town that is perched high atop this cliff face. Um, so it is it is nothing like you've ever seen. 
uh, but it seems like there is some sort of magical protection that is surrounding the town of Ghostshire atop this mountain. So it's a reverse snow globe. Essentially, yeah, it's a non-snow globe. It's what? a bad snow globe. It's, <laughs> it's, it's it's arguably the worst snow globe. It's a no. It's a it's a no globe. Get out. I can um, say that to you. Get out. That's fair. <laughs> um, but I'll say this: uh, as you kind of uh, you kind of approach this uh, this army encampment, um, you see a couple of uh, soldiers who come up and uh, begin to uh, you know initially speak to uh, you know speak to Sajukor in the front, um, and they're kind of asking questions about you. And then I think without uh, without much further ado, you see a couple figures uh, start to kind of stride their way towards you, and you would recognize uh, the kind of uh, proud strut of the uh, of the bard of the orc bard Nybarg uh, anywhere, and he, I think he kind of just walks past, like kind of like shooing away with one hand these uh, these soldiers who, by the way, are all clad in dark steel, um, and are wielding dark steel blades, um, and kind of you can excuse me, let let them pass. Well, it's been quite a journey. It's been some time. It's I think months at the very least. Have you missed me? Absolutely, Nybog. It is so good to see you. And Rangram has not stopped talking about you since we last saw you. That's why I sent you the message. We miss you. I mean, miss you so much, mate. Whole time. We look, that guy, Nybog, miss him. <laughs> He, misses. <laughs> he looks at you. He looks at you. Roll me a deception check. Advantage, because we all we all helped. For sure, yeah. <laughs> uh, Cosmo was being sincere, but all right, fine. I mean, Rangram was, but Rangram. I mean, come on. We both know. We all know Rangram forgot who he was. That's. I'm pretty that's sure Lynn forgot about Nybarg up until. What did you say? Uh, deception. Yeah, please. Uh, so that's that's a seventeen. Uh, he rolled a natural twenty on his <laughs> insight. Oh, no. um, I think oh, that nice. a bard, if anyone is is able to see through people's uh, <laughs> through see th- see through people's uh, kind of like false uh, you know <laughs> kind of falsities, I think it is uh, a a bard, and I think that he kind of looks at you and you just see that's his fair. his face kind of drop as if he's like a little bit like. You know, it kind of like when there's not as much applause as there should be for after a show, it, it like that kind of uncomfortable silence, it kind of waits in the air for a second. And then I think that a um, you just see a kind of blur of red as um, you, uh, I think that um, Cosmo, your hand is just like engulfed in like, um, in a red haired dwarf's like handshake goes, I miss you guys so much. There's nothing enough dwarves up here, I swear. It's, it's, I thought you were gonna be here month, <coughs> months ago. Well, we were, and uh, <laughs> we we were gonna, and uh, we just we got held up, you know. Life life kind of had a different path for us. Uh, roll me a strength saving throw. Uh, eighteen. Okay, uh, you were able to withstand being pulled off the cart as he's trying to he tries to pull you into a um, uh, just kind of pull you off the cart to like throw you into what looks like a hug, uh, but you're able to like kind of. Hold your ground on top of the cart. Goes, I think Cosmo goes with it. it. He goes. He goes uh, for it. He feels the okay. the tug. He's a hug. Pulls you off and we're throws gonna, you in a big hug. And he just hug. kind of starts rattling off like, 
I okay, we're going to have drinking contests and we're going to make some all oh, make. We we've, we've been we've been doing all kinds of uh, all kinds of forging. You can show oh, no, he's he's just like he's he's kind of rattling off all these things that like you know dwarves would be excited about. Um, and he's just kind of talking to them all as he's kind of got you in like a, a thing around the shoulder. Um, and he like kind of uh, he kind of like a- after a minute he like realizes that um, that Rangrim is still up on the cart and he kind of like crawls his way up there and then just is like kind of rattling off the same things uh, into Rangrim's ear talking about all the uh, the, the dwarven fun that you all are going to be having now that you're there. I mean, oh uh, yeah, that's that that's that that's gonna be cool. Hey, look over there, and Rangrim's gonna whisper to like Glenn like. Didn't we? Didn't we try to like sell him to a constable at some point? Like, shouldn't he hate us? Oh, I'm I'm a little confused. Uh, it was more like we uh, freed them from one set of constables and then uh, assisted in another constable forgetting about it. They they like us. I was going to say. I know Nybard, but this could uh, just be Dan forgetting. I really thought that Red Fury was going to be not. Red Fury was the one that we we muted. And he was trying to bite us. Yeah. That's exactly my point. That's why yes, I'm equally surprised. It's been some time, and I think he's. It seems like he's been up here, uh, surrounded by uh, people that are not of his, you know, kind of uh, same things that he enjoys. Hey, dude, Nybar he... just helped him work through his trauma, dude. I'm a. I'm with it. Let's he, go. He might have forgotten uh, them, but they seem to. You, have I mean, halfway you forgotten about them, us too. So. Also, for what it's worth, Redbeard has not addressed Glenn once yet, so it's still on brand with he's just a yeah. racist ass dwarf. Yeah, for so sure. absolutely, uh, definitely a fan of yeah, as dwarves. as southern as you guys. Yeah, yeah, well, so. yes, absolutely. <laughs> we'll do dwarfs, so we could we could throw axes at each other. Do you want a headbutt right now? At each other. <laughs> um. Oh my gosh. Well, I uh, I think. Um, I think Nybar just like looking and it has this kind of like awkward silence just as he's not getting the attention that he I think wants. Cosmo sensing that would continue the love all around and uh, go in for a big hug for Nybar. Um, I think he hugs you at, with at kind of a distance and pats you a little bit on the back. Oh, like, no, no, no. Before. He's yeah. going to have to strength check me because I'm coming in for <laughs> yeah. a dwarf hug. Yes. Uh, okay, well, uh, he'll do a strength saving throw against you. Basically, uh, what I did to Dan when I first a, saw Dan in person. That's a that's a six. Um, that's fair. So you, that actually right? happened. Yeah, you went to hug me, and I just picked your ass up. Yeah, it's basically <laughs> what I did to Dan. Um, I called you, airport security. <laughs> you, uh, you are you. I mean, you. I think. I mean, Nybarg is is a full fledged orc. He is a big guy, and in like just all around, a, a like he enjoy. <laughs> he he lives a. A life full of excess uh and so he you are able to like lift him up and he's just kind of like patting you on the back <laughs> seemingly kind of uh, it's been a long journey you probably don't smell the best you've been sitting behind a farting mammoth the entire time um and i think that there's just kind of uh for whatever reason he's just kind of like there's uh, an air yes. freshener on the cart i the null air the, the null shit one <laughs> the null the null musk yes um uh that's the that's the, that's gonna be the next person that starts a car company, Noel Musk. Um, but uh, branding, yeah. Uh, I I think that he's just kind of patting you back. Uh, that's yes, it's uh, it's wonderful to meet you. Also, 
Uh, there are showers at the top. Uh, I don't, if it's something that you are interested, no, 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 uh, you know, no reason, no reason. I just wanted to uh, just say we, uh, there are, uh, there are lots of uh, amenities at the top. Um, by the way, uh, I don't think that we should, uh, you know, kind of uh, dally too much. I know that you all have uh, important things to discuss. Uh, and I think that it is long overdue that I introduce you to our fearless leader. If you are not too weary from your travels, uh, after we do some introductions, uh, I think that it's time, you know, we can set you up with some, uh, with some places to stay, if that's something you're interested in. It's been yeah. a long journey. Yes. Your fearless leader have a name, just out of curiosity? <laughs> yes, of course, but that's, that is going to ruin the... Listen, I am I am someone who enjoys a performance. I like to do a reveal. Allow me this. You've yeah, made, me, made me wait this long. That's fair. Yeah, you're right. It was. Yep, I totally understand. It's the glamour. Should have seen when I got this armor. The the amount of work I put into displaying it. So I get it. I see a, a fellow thespian. I I if uh, if if you don't mind, uh, follow me and we'll. Uh, <laughs> there are some. And you can see that there are some like crisscrossing, like kind of, there are other ways other than the elevator to go up, um, but they do not seem, they seem like they have, they're probably not the safest and they're probably used only when they are needed. They're kind of like crisscrossing uh, kind of switchbacks, switchbacks yeah. all the way up this uh, glacial face. The word arduous comes to mind. Yes. <laughs> Just, yeah. That looks like work. Let's take the elevator. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that looks like work. So uh, I, I think that um, uh, following suit and kind of uh, giving uh, uh, giving them a little like giving them a little bow, I think Sajukor um, continues forward. And um, I think I mean, as you get closer and you kind of are passing through this uh, this this army encampment, I think you are just there is there are so many soldiers and there are so many weapons and they are all dark steels. Like it Ooh. is Ooh. it is well outfitted um and i mean like you that, were seeing, huh? like, they have like the ballistas are outfitted with dark steel like like the empire does not know what's coming it is you are just like passing by the stuff and you're like it is more than you've ever seen um and you're you you wonder how much of the underside of the ebon depths have been mined at this point to outfit this many uh this many people rangram's about to get paid as a forge master <laughs> Um, but you make your way forward uh, as you kind of, uh, you know, you kind of notice all this. And, you know, as you get closer to the, uh, uh, this, what must be a magical elevator, uh, you can see that this thing is like, I mean, it is of a scale, uh, Rangrim, that you have just never seen in your life. Like these, like think like building style steel beams. I mean, these are not made out of dark steel. You can tell that these are older, uh, but they're just kind of like railroad tie thicknesses and like building I-beams. Like that's how thick this this material is that's making up this uh and i think that like the engineering of this is impressive to you as someone who is a crafter of materials and maker of things i think that even glenn like you're tinkering like i mean this is on a massive scale but like the mechanisms and magic that are behind mm. this to lift like the platform you're standing on could easily fit four of your carts and the mammoth in your cart are just like Holy comfortably shit. sitting on this thing um and can I, I can i do like a history check to because it if dwarves are rare up here, who who's making like what what design does this like lend itself to? Absolutely, yeah. Seven. <laughs> I <laughs> imagine that was a good roll. Such lends a good itself roll. to metal. 
holy uh, shit, this was just made here already? <laughs> it seems like it's been here for some time. I'll give you that. I'll okay. say that it's been there. You don't know exactly who was crafted, who crafted it. It doesn't seem like a sort of construction, uh, but it seems like, it, you know, there have been a lot of civilizations that have, uh, you know, kind of made homes in uh, the, the you know, less desirable parts of Sakal for long before, uh, you know, mm. but it doesn't seem like anything in particular. Like it, 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 it just seems like it's incredibly well-crafted on a scale uh, that you have not seen. Um, but I think that with a, uh, you know, with a couple uh, taps of, uh, of kind of uh, Nybarg's, uh, you know, Nybarg's hand on the side, you can see that there is these, um, there are magical sigils that are kind of carved into what looks like this kind of like stone control panel that is uh, to the kind of towards the wall. Um, and you see him tap on a couple different things and, and a couple runes light up. And uh, you, uh, actually, I'll say this, roll me an Arcana check. All of us or just me? Uh, whoever wants to roll an Arcana check. 14. 19. Okay. Um, I will say with that 19, uh, you recognize this as um, draconic in nature, uh, but not draconic as in like dragons. More like there is something human about these uh, in, in a way where it's like, it's not purely dragons. It's it's almost a um, it's almost a mix of of the two, um, in the way that these are these runes are crafted, um, and I think with that you continue uh, you start to continue upwards, and uh, this I, I think it moves at a relatively brisk pace, um, and, but it still takes a little bit of time, and you start to just get a a feel for just like how massive. Uh, not only the, the army that's amassing below you is, as you start to see it from above, oh, shit. but also just you start to like, you can see like the whole Frostfire Plains kind of extended out in front of you. And it is like, it is, I mean, it's beautiful. It's, it, you just are watching as these, uh, these geysers are going off. Um, but you're also seeing like, you can see still the pockmarks of the battle. And in the far, far distance, um, you can see the, uh, the Clearshaw Peaks, um, you know, far to the West. You can see the Evan Depths far to your South. And you can kind of see what looks like a, like another, like, kind of like, you can tell that there is like some sort of encampment or like town that is uh, where you would expect winter, uh, winter haven to be as well. Can we, can we slightly see the gleaming of gold break or is it like. You're pretty far away from it. Um, and I think that you're the, I mean, the, the Von Hurst lock would be more visible to you than, than the gold break would be. Cause you're it's, I mean, that's pretty far South. Uh, Glenn's going to look to Nybarg and be like, uh, I hope you can explain this one away. This isn't really me attacking anybody below us, but I need to do something real quick. Glenn's going to knock one of like the, the, the uh, air renders air arrows effectively because it's magical. An arrow. Effect, an, air, an arrow. And he is just going to let one loose into the sky and just because he knows the fucking... Shakar is flying somewhere over the water. He is literally just like taking a pot shot miles away. You hear just uh, shooting it. Yeah, Nybarg's like, um, I wouldn't if. Okay, up oh, there he goes. Just okay. tri just triple advantage or disadvantage. I'm guessing. Just oh yeah, for like, sure. I mean yeah, I the lowest. Uh, I'm fucked. That's still actually not terrible. Uh, from miles away, the twenty-one <laughs> to hit. <laughs> I mean, I. I think that a roll for initiative. I think a bird, I think, I think a bird <laughs> yeah. uh, flies uh, flies past, and you uh, you collide with what looks like some sort of like small like rock dove that is um, that is flying past, and just kind of like you shoot it towards that direction, you just like like a poof of feathers, it goes 
was a that was quite a, that was a that was quite an impressive shot. And you see, uh, you like Red Fury is just kind of like clapping, and then he sees you look over at him, and he stops and just yeah. growl, sca- like scowls at you. Um, Red Fury, you got to work on that intolerance, man. That's that's not even subtle. So you gotta yeah, at least be a little subtle with it. He looks over at uh, he looks over at Cosmo and just like looking for a little bit of camaraderie. He goes, "Fucking knife eaters, huh?" So really, just kind of Glenn looks at Cosmo. Yeah, this one's okay. Smart. Um, he kind of like he kind of rolls his eyes, but sees that he's not uh, he's not in the company that's gonna like. He looks over to Rangrim. What does Rangrim do? I don't. I don't know what that means. <laughs> Hell yeah! Is that a slur? Like the ears are pointy. I just anyway. I just never mind. Okay. Um, and he kind of just like waves it off. And he looks embarrassed and turns. All right, his pale head. dwarf. And- like walk looks away. Lynn looks at Nybar and goes, "Short rounds, am I right?" <laughs> I think. I think. Uh, I, I think Nybar. Rangrim looks over at Glenn at that one. Was like, "The fuck, dude!" <laughs> <laughs> too far. Too far. <laughs> Cross the line. Um, I think that. Uh, I think that as you, uh, as Nybar is kind of chuckling to himself, he pulls out his uh, his lute and is strumming it. Uh, you know, a few chords as this thing kind of continues to. Uh, kind of tink, 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 tink upwards um, being pulled up in it, you know, kind of the magical mechanical methods. And um, I think that before you all even notice it, I think you feel yourself pass through a magical barrier as you get through close to the top and are immediately warmed by what feels like a, like almost warm air as you pass through this kind of shimmer of this globe. That doesn't seem to be like a tangible barrier that is unpassable, or at least you have been granted access to pass through it. Um, but like immediately, you just feel like a comfortable warmth hmm. as you pass through it. And you can see that like the snow that is falling, it's like it is turning into, it's evaporating as it's hitting it. You can see it kind of on the outside of this, uh, this, this orb. And as you kind of like come to a stop at the top, you see the small, the town of, um, of Goshir expand in front of you. The buildings themselves are of the similar construction. They are of like kind of like an iron, steel, and wood, um, and are very sturdily constructed. Um, a lot of which, though, seem to be designed in a way where um, they are, um, they seem like they're, they have like kind of the rounder roofs almost of like a, um, almost as if there's an upturned ship on top of them, but they're, you can't, you know that the, you know, why would anyone have ships up here? Uh, it doesn't really make sense, but like the, the kind of like a more Nordic style of construction for these buildings. Um, and as you are kind of led through this, uh, led through this town, like it is, it, I mean, it is a hardy town. You can tell that the people are, that are moving around here are all like, you know, they are, they're kind of like, they're, they're going about their days. They're definitely kind of looking over at the the three of you as you're, uh, as you're passing through and this like war forge that's poking his head out of the back of the cart. Um, but uh, no one really pays you any mind, and you are being led towards a the building in the center of town, which is this monstrous structure that looks like a massive meat hall. It's just a huge, huge structure made out of this uh, this steel and uh, and iron, the steel, iron, and wood construction. Um, and I think that you notice a couple of things. There are attached all around this building. You see what looks like kind of hodgepodge and uh, kind of like they didn't belong there. 
but there are statues made of wood, made of stone, made of like metal of what you recognize as the old gods. Different kinds of old gods. You see Arathis, you see Bahamut, you see all these different representations of the gods that are just kind of like, think of like gargoyles in a sense all around this massive building. Um, but they seem to have been kind of like attached there, even though, you know, by their material, they probably didn't originate from here. They seem like they've been collected. Um, but as you are kind of being led uh, into the front, you see Nybark who's just getting like more and more antsy. It's just like, it's pretty cool, huh? Pretty cool. It, it's, it's pretty beautiful. And Glenn's gonna like walk up to Cosmo and put like a, a pelt over his shoulders and say, like kind of like casually whisper, say, I wanna make sure that fanny pack of Holden is uh, on you at all times kind of like points out one of the statues. Yeah, I'm... Oh, yeah. yeah, I think that you see, I do, I do think that you see uh, a, a representation of Walf on there. I yeah. think that some of its arms, like its spider arms are broken off of it. It doesn't have all eight, um, but I think that, you know, it's definitely seen some wear, but um, you definitely recognize a, a statue of Walf that's made out of this like black obsidian stone. You would, and, and I think Rangram, I think you would recognize too that this thing probably originated in the Underdark. Like it, it probably has had quite a journey to get, to make it here to the far north and uh, to be mounted upon this building. How it got there, you have no idea, but like you recognize the stone as like, this is like, this is obsidian. This is like from deep, deep in the Underdark. This is like, like the, the Rufus are like the, or all their collections of art is similar to, uh, I can't remember the, the group during like Nazi era of like the soldiers who saved all the collected artworks right. that like the or it's like Men. That's uh, like, that was that was that movie what was it monument Men. that was the movie monument Men. They, yeah so it's like them they, collecting yeah, all, all the collected artwork from all over that's really cool. it's like going to any uh any british museum where they just have everything from oh, it's, just, just, uh, yeah, it's just a british museum uh, oh god kind of but you guys know why the pyramids are still in egypt uh, <laughs> they have half of the they have half of uh, they, they basically have everything from the pantheon there uh for uh as someone who went there last year and, or this earlier this year and it is it's like it shouldn't be here yeah no, fuck, no, <laughs> you shouldn't that. have this yeah. at all um you guys know anyway, why the pyramids are in yeah, egypt I, I, anyway i mean i like you know i enjoyed my time in london but man that uh that was an eye-opening thing to see calling uh, i was calling that yeah it was wild so um, you are led in uh, through the uh, the massive front doors uh, by Nybark, who's opening them up, and you can tell it's like doing it with like a a bow and like a wave. Like everything is becoming much more ceremonial, I and everything it. is becoming much more pomp and circumstances. He's leading you inside. Um, he's uh, casting like little minor illusions, <laughs> like to make everything seem like more dramatic behind him, like little starbursts. Uh, um, of course, uh, he, you know, I think that he would have asked you to, uh, you know, leave the, uh, I, I think he would have uh, summoned someone over to like, kind of watch over the cart. Is that something that you, I mean, you, I don't think that the doors are big enough to take the cart inside. Mm. Um, are you all entering in or in, in leaving the cart outside with like the, essentially the person, I, I say maybe Brain. Red Fury is going to stay outside and, mm. and watch the cart for you. If is yeah, Brain coming? Hmm? Brain. Yeah, Brain would be coming in as well. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, yeah, Glenwood. Glenn would go as soon as Rangram handed the reins over. As soon as Rangram was okay handing the card over, Glenn would be okay handing the card over. Uh, wh what does it sound like in there? 
Is there music playing? No, no, this is to hand the card over before we go into- The building itself. The main building. Like whether or not you're gonna hand the, the card over to Redbeard to like keep it safe. Redbeard. Or Red Fury, Fury thank you. Uh, uh, Lord, that's Red, if you fuck my shit up, I'll fucking kill you. He looks. He looks offended. He's like, "I'm the honor as a dwarf. You, it'll be. <coughs> oh my god, I can't do it. I'm gonna be safe with me, of course. I mean, I'd say it to anyone, but I have to say it. It's like a parking ticket. Yeah, we, point. we threatened a nine-year-old, and he pissed himself. So, for what it's worth, it's it's nothing you should take personally. I will. I I can give you this guarantee that my pants are as dry as uh, dry as a bone. All right, that's good. I can't give you one of these anymore. He's gonna pretend to fire off like one of his like wrist rockets near him because he doesn't have any more left, right? Uh, no, you got him. No, you got well, him he doesn't know you that. You got him refilled. Oh no, Rangram doesn't know that. You you shoot one off or you try to? Yep. No, Rangram um, goes like, hey, at least I didn't do this. Roll me a uh, roll me a range uh, roll me a range attack. Oh man, we just got here and he's firing off his wrist rocket. <laughs> Same fam, just socket rocket. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, thirteen. I don't know if I have a plus to that at all. Um, I will it's say never matter. I've only dumped him off into the woods before. <laughs> um, I, I mean, I think that you would you would have a whatever you would add to any any kind of range attack. But I'll say that with that, you can make your decision whether or not you want to hit them or where where you want to aim it. I'll say with that. That was a, no. It's more just like a, hey, I like at least I won't hit one of these. Like I pretended to fire off like in the direction of them, but I probably went, when I realized it happened, I was like, oh. <laughs> I think it, I think it just like skims by his head. I think it like you see like one uh, one small braid fall off of like uh, one small like lock of hair fall off of his beard um, as he, it kind of like sticks into the cart. Um, and he just like you just see it go. Whoop, whoop, whoop. I thought you ran out of those. When the hell did you get more of those? Um, no, I had him the whole time. He, I just wanted him to know I mean business. Uh, Roll an intimidation check with advantage. Ooh, that was bad. Uh, that was also bad. How do two eights do you? What's my intimidation? Uh, uh, oh, that's stay, a ten. His, his pants stay dry. <laughs> but he seems uh, he seems like you see him pick up his uh, his like little like hunk of beard off the ground and just like look at you and he's just like you see it like slight. He looks like he's been betrayed. Yeah, a dwarven his, beard betrayal. Uh, you did it. Goes, it was a it was a joke. We're gonna be on our way now. Nybarg says, "I think that we better be going, if you don't <laughs> mind." And he kind of like opens the door for the the four of you to head inside. Glenn Glenn walks in. Yeah, we're going. Okay. Um, you move into the space, and like I said, it's, it's comfortably warm outside. Um, almost like it's it's like standing in in like the sun on like um it, it's not like it's burning hot but it's like it's like standing in the sun on like a cold day it feels comfortable and uh you walk into this room and there are there are like fires uh, lit in the brazier and you can see this room is massive it's set up for like like tons and tons of tables i'll say probably like 20 to 30 tables that are set up in the space um and you can see that there is another door that is partially ajar that is opening up into another room in the back and nybar continues forward 
What is the like architecture inside? Wooden, like very Nordic, like everything's okay. like wood beams, uh, like some like stone, uh, you know, kind of stone uh, braziers that are on both sides of the room. I think maybe like there's probably this room's probably big enough. There's probably six braziers into the walls. It's um, a lot of the iconography of uh, like the old gods, or is it like uh, in inside? I would say that yeah, there are actual like statues that seem like that. Yeah, the same icon of art iconography of like the older pantheon that is mm -hmm. in this space, like and even carved into the upper the upper parts of the like you can see like symbols of like you would recognize like Moradin and and things like that. Like I think at some point you can see like a partially broken uh, statue of Moradin that's like maybe missing a leg and it's like held up partially and like his hammer is like missing off of the actual like that would be uh you know it's just the stick of the hammer essentially at that point but oh, you can man. still see the shield um uh but uh i think that you know as you're led through uh nybar goes without further ado i think that some overdue introductions are in order and he opens the door wide into a uh, another room in the back that's a little bit smaller um but still like very very grandiose in size and you see a large group of people that are like maybe, you know, between 15 to 20 that are all gathered around a massive, like sturdy wooden table in the middle that's probably easily, let's say like 20 by 20, uh, easily in the middle of the table. And you can see that there are just like little tiny, uh, what you would recognize as a war table. This is set up and you recognize like, you know, kind of, actually pretty like well detailed uh kind of topography of Sakal it like for like kind of zoomed in it's not the full like you know there's no water on the outside like it's, it's kind of more zoomed in but you see like that you're, you're recognizing like this is a war table that is representing Sakal and you are seeing like there are soldiers and different people that you recognize probably like they are they're garbed in like more high commander level of like armaments um and they are all discussing uh you know something and when you all come in they they, they kind of all stop and turn to you. And along with the uh, the probably, you know, what, what you're recognizing as like high up levels of the revivifist military, you are also recognizing a couple uh, interesting figures that are directly on the other side of the table from you. The first one that you recognize is clad in just like spiky, dark steel armor that is different than the rest of them, you recognize a incredibly, like the biggest representation of this race you've ever seen, a massive red dragonborn um, that is just like spiked armor. And it's just like, I mean, the net, like just, I think when they look over at you, I think that it is just like, there is nothing but like, they look like they would, without a doubt, without even second hesitation, just tear you apart. Like, just, like, sh absolutely shredded Red Dragonborn, decked out head to toe in uh, black steel armor. Um, that's a good question. Uh, what it, I think that it is... Um, what? I, I think that they're wielding a, a massive... <laughs> like, I, I, I'm, like, I'm trying to figure out what their weapon would be. Um, I'm going to say that it is a, uh, a massive... Uh, a halberd. Halberd. There you go. Sorry, this is uh this, this anyway. Um, that's, I, I, they, that's a good question. Yeah. No one said anything. Nobody yeah. else. Uh, <laughs> there's a little history behind this character. Uh, so uh, uh, anyway, um, they're they're really a massive halberd uh, that is just like I mean has been what you could only guess custom built for this figure. Um, and to the right of them, you see a figure that's looking down at the table, and they are more slight. 
uh, but they are clad in a uh, in no armor, just a pearlescent gown that is like low cut pearlescent gown. And as they lift up their head towards you, uh, you see a beautiful dragonborn uh, female that is has like kind of like multiple horns curling off the back of her head. They're like made out of this like beautiful polished ivory. But as they look at you and you see their like kind of their hood that is kind of like uh, loosely over the back of their head, uh, kind of like uh, lift away as they look at you, you see that their skin is, their scales are like multicolored. Like they are not in specific color. They are like at least uh, like from what you can see, like five different colors that are like kind of like like kind of adorning their uh, their scales. And as they look up at you, Nybark in the most grandiose voice he can, introducing Lady Zoran, leader of the Revivifists, savior of the gods, and the avatar of Tiamat. And that is where we're gonna leave the session tonight. Avatar of Tiamat? Oh, fuck. That's bad. Thank you for listening to the Almost Heroes and their mostly 5th edition D&D adventures. We post new podcast episodes every Monday, and you can catch us live on Twitch every Tuesday at 7 p.m. PST at twitch.tv slash bangerangbobby. See you there.